Hey, all you nature nerds. This is You're Gonna Die Out There. Hi, Megan. Hey, Jen. Happy World Wildlife Day. Oh, thank you. Was that today or? No, actually, it was March 3rd. Okay, so yeah. belated. Belated. Special nonetheless. It's all about the conservation of forests and forest animals. Who is sponsoring that? That is sponsored by the UN. Oh, nice. Yeah. I saw that you posted something on Instagram about that. Yeah, there were like a million of the people that we follow on Instagram posting about World Wildlife Day. And my favorite is that crocodile, the little heart. Oh, yeah, that so was cute. super cute. So yeah. a lot of things happening, like we already mentioned, there's um, it's Peace Corps, Peace Corps week. week, 60 years um, anniversary. And mm-hmm. we did one episode with Peace Corps stories. I hope you like them. They're, I, yeah, they're so good. They're pretty funny. Yes. Pretty so we're going to, we're going to do another one this week. Yes. And then we'll continue to do them if we continue to get stories. So send in your stories. Send us your stories. And it doesn't have to be Peace Corps related. We're also going to do other stories that people send in of any, any kind of encounter with nature or when they're out hiking or just some crazy, even if you have a crazy camping story, even if you're glamping, we want to know. Yeah. Oh, we can share those stories. I used to have a friend in college who, whenever we'd go camping, she would bring an inflatable queen-size mattress for her tent. And I was like, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. That's that, I mean, I knew some people who did that, too. Yeah. And I was, like, laying on my, like, little thin mat, you yes. know, with my, like, with, like, the the towel that's, like, uber absorbent, but it's, like, only, you know, two feet by one foot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were You were being a minimalist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and other people were like, nah, it's all good. I brought this portable TV. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, it. you know, if you're just driving your vehicle somewhere, parking Mm -hmm. and camping right there, Mm -hmm. I think it's fine. Bring whatever you want. Yeah. It's not like you're, you know, hiking the AT. This is true. You can't carry that business with you. I think as long as you're being considerate of the environment around you, as long as you're not leaving your trash everywhere. Yeah, don't bring a bunch of trash. And and bring like your reusable forks and stuff. Yes. Like reuse that business. Yeah. And also, but it is when you have those giant air mattresses, it just seems funny when people are like, blowing up their hair mattress for 10 minutes (laughs) that's true yeah but hey whatever as long as people you know get out there i guess yeah in um a safe way experience nature the way that you want to experience and that's why you need to listen to this podcast because we tell you how to do it yeah well tiny towel we don't tell you how to do it (laughs) i guess we share stories of how not to do it right things like just in case just in case just bring that emergency preparedness kit with you and you'll be all good you'll be fine yeah we have an amazing list going we should start posting our list although it's actually our episode titles but we could have like a list right like some kind of regular mm on yeah for sure we just add to it Mm -hmm. and every time we just add something so you'll know you'll have your list ready Ready to go. Yeah. It's also this week is International Women's Week. Oh, what? Yep. We're I ladies. Guess it's, we are. We are women. <laughs> we And it starts the first Saturday of March, which I guess is officially... This coming This Saturday. coming Saturday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... 
Maybe by the time this goes out, it'll already be there. So everyone will be celebrating. Everyone. Having lady barbecues. Yeah. Just being women and being awesome. And with that, I have a couple of science news that has to do with ladies. Let's hear it. I mean, not human ladies, but, you know, even better. I don't know if you saw that I posted or I think I retweeted Mm -hmm. this about, um, which is crazy because I just now learned how I'm still learning (laughs) how to tweet and it's really giving me a lot of anxiety and I didn't realize I had such social media anxiety until (laughs) Megan pointed it out. But it's so cute. It's it's, so cute. I love it. You're you're like, can I do this? And I'm like, just just do it. I asked her a thousand times, like, what do I do? I need to hashtag something or do I (laughs) like how do I just, you know, just reply or do I? I mean, I've only ever had I mean, I'm pretty sure I had I know I had a MySpace account. Oh, well, when yeah, but I can't really remember much about it. I don't think I really did much with that i remember myspace was like everyone had those glittery pictures it was like glitter on everything and it was like a black background right yeah with glitter yes yeah you could choose your backgrounds but that yeah those were like there were so many things you could do man myspace that's takes you back and then of course you know the facebook which the only reason i really hung on to that is because you know, I have friends all over the world and I like to keep up with them or mm-hmm. see what they're doing or see their pictures. Yeah. So it just, you know, but I don't, I don't post. Yeah. I'm on Facebook because of Derby because yeah. that was the way that everyone was going to communicate yeah. in Derby. So I was like, well, I guess I got to keep it. But I never, I never post because I get that anxiety. Like, well, everybody's going to see it. Right. And then, gonna and then they're going to know, they're going to know things and I don't <laughs> want everybody to know things, but... But I did see that you you did a retweet. I did. Of a frog article that I didn't get a chance to read yet. Oh, so that's the one I'm going to talk about right okay, now. Okay, cool. So it's about female green tree frogs. Oh. And apparently, and you know, so here, let me just say this real quick about that retweet. Yeah. So I didn't do it right <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't know that you can like, I wanted to put something like write something there. Right. But I didn't do it right. So it just retweeted it, but I didn't put my comment because I didn't know. So I'll talk about it here, but, you know, I'll get better. It's like, it's getting out of your comfort zone, people. Yeah. Do it. That's what I'm doing right now. Getting out of my comfort zone. You're growing as a person. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, baby steps. Expanding your horizons. So it's about female green, uh, female green tree frogs. And apparently they have noise canceling lungs that help them hear their mates. There's, you know, they're out there in the jungle around the well, riparian zones. Their zones, <laughs> and they're they're in the trees, and there there's a lot of other frogs and maybe toads and other different species all around that are making all kinds of chirps and noises. Uh-huh. So it, they can they can inflate their lungs, and somehow that'll quiet some of the sounds around them. So they can only they can easily find like their mates. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's so lucky. I wish I had some sort of inner noise canceling device. Yeah. You just like walk around and inflate your lungs and then yeah, like, and oh, then I that, don't hear that guy over there or that girl or whatever, you know, or that or I just don't hear anything. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So I'm like, what? What? My kids are arguing or something. I'm like, I don't I don't hear you. I can't hear you. I've inflated my lungs. <laughs> right. So you know, I'm busy right now. I'm busy. So I guess this is something they call it um, 
somebody, it's a quote, we think the lungs are working a bit like some noise canceling headphones. And I just think that's so cool. That is really cool. Another amazing thing thing about frogs. So there you go. Another cool story in the news having to do with females or science news having Mm -hmm. to do with females um, is about female giraffes. That the more friends they have, the longer they live. I think that might be like a human thing too. I agree. Yeah. I feel like, well, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of like lonely folks that don't have friends and they live to be a long time. They live to be a long time. (laughs) They live a long time. I feel like when you're out in the wild and you have predators or anything that to me, it makes it makes sense. Safety in numbers. Safety in numbers. But maybe this is something that they just discovered by watching these female giraffes in the Tanzania's Tarangire region. Yeah, they kind of have been following them and watching how they tend to bond and stick together and that the females that have more friends and go and stay within their female friend groups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's <laughs> like clicks. a book club. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, I see that. They have or, a book club and they drink some wine and they're like... I was going to say, or a wine club. A wine club. I would be in that club. The giraffe wine club. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. So they tend to live longer. Some little um, science news on some female animals. On the ladies. On the ladies. And then, you know, for us with the International Women's Week, let me tell you a little bit about the International Women's Week because it's it's so interesting. And I mean, I know that there's women's marches in March, right? Yeah. We march in March. (laughs) But um, I didn't know the history. This goes back to 1908. Uh, The Socialist Party of America organized a day to protest women's working conditions. And that led to the first international or sorry, the first national women's day. uh, And that was in in the United States on February 28th, 1909. And then it was moved to March 8th and renamed International Women's Day. Oh. Because it's not just for the ladies in the U.S. It's for everybody around the world. All the ladies. All the ladies. Was that song? Like, all the single ladies. <laughs> Thank you. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. So it, Put your hands up. <laughs> okay. In, ni- in the 1980s, it was expanded to a full week because there's just so much going on. You can't get it done in one day, of course. Well, ladies got a lot of shit to do. Ladies multitask. <laughs> and we do a lot. We plan a lot of things. And here's days. some of the things you can do. Join a march. Oh, if hey. it's safe, if you can do it safely, yeah. if there's one happening in your area. Wear a mask. You can also volunteer at a local women's shelter. Very cool. Become an advocate at your workplace and speak up for gender diversity if yes. you can and or anything like that. So go to follow the hashtag Women's Week or on Facebook or wherever you find it. I'm sure if you just go in and look it up, you're going to find a lot happening in your area. True that. Very cool. Yay. Women. Go ladies, yeah. Go ladies. Go do it. All the ladies, Jen. All the ladies. If you identify as a lady, you go be a lady and do something on Women's Day. Or if you support your ladies, you're a man supporting the ladies, go do it. Yes. Just go ladies and women's. Very cool. Well, speaking of ladies. Yeah. uh, I'm going to talk about a lady today. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we finished our Peace Corps episode the other day, and I drove to get my hair cut. Oh, and your hair looks amazing, by the way. Well, I got a curly cut by this amazing hairstylist, and she, like, cut it dry. I've never... Okay, so I have had curly hair my whole life. Right. That... Okay. That makes sense. Right. Genetics. Mm -hmm. And... 
uh, I have never been very good at styling it. My mom. I thought you just always permed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and my yeah. my mom would take one of those goodie brushes. Uh-huh. We're talking about those like yellow or like orange with like the yellow spikes in them. Uh-huh. And she would just like rip it through my hair. Just brush the hell out of yeah, it. Yeah. And it would frizz out. And hardcore. you would just be like, your eyes were all watery. And she'd be like, it's painful to be beautiful. And I would. I would be very sad. And it was just like super floofy. Oh, just so floofy. Just all floofed around your head. So much floof. That's so awesome. So much floof. And I would go get it cut and it would be cut. Well, we I grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, the bigger the hair. The oh, closer, yeah. The closer to God. <laughs> I, know, I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I know. I was a teenager I've, around I've the some, times of big hair. <laughs> I've heard some stories. I've seen some I pictures, was, Jen. <laughs> I was real good. Let me tell you. I've never had a cut, maybe like one time before, but then that hairstylist moved away to another state and I was very sad. But you yeah. basically got the triangle cut. Always. With the bangs. Always. Did they cut bangs? Because I would imagine if, because I have, oh. I don't have curly hair. I have kind of wavy hair. Yeah, yeah. But I've never been fond of bangs, even with wavy hair, because they just don't do what they're supposed to do they never do what they're supposed to do i've only had one hairstylist cut my bangs and they looked really good okay and it was because she knew how to cut curly hair so i went to go see this new hairstylist Mm -hmm. and she cut it dry and it's it's called like a texture cut or curly cut yeah and she you know like she told me about all the different uh textures in my hair it was crazy i learned so much also fun She's like super into zero waste. Mm -hmm. And so we talked a lot about conservation and sustainability. So it was like one of the most enjoyable times I've had getting my hair cut. Because usually I'm just like, I don't want to talk. I'm like, just cut my hair because it's going to be awful after anyway. Right. Like I'm going to go home and you immediately You just haven't had very it. many good experiences. Well, you remember when we were Peace Corps and I got my hair cut. Oh, God, it was so funny. I was watching it happen and I was looking at her and I don't think my eyes could get any bigger. And I was just shaking my head. No, <laughs> no, because she kept going shorter and shorter, and it was the craziest triangle. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, God, because I knew she was going to cut it so short that you wouldn't be able to pull it up. Yeah. And you would just have to go around with some crazy haircut. With crazy hair. Yeah. Yeah. That was maybe that was, the was, worst haircut of my life. It was painful to watch, so I can't imagine how it felt to wear it on your head. Oh, it was great. <laughs> so. <laughs> but luckily, we were, you know, not in a high fashion time of life. Yeah. No. It was, it was fine. Yeah. And then I didn't get my hair cut for like three years after that. Right. You were like, just traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> Scissors. No. All right. Uh, so anyway, I'm in the car. I'm driving to this appointment. And I'm listening to this show. It's called Snap Judgment. And it's playing on our local NPR affiliate. And I'm listening to it. And, you know, I had had... Wait, my- is it a podcast or yeah so snap judgment is a radio show and podcast okay and they have like people tell real stories yeah that's what this is yes so what so i know you're gonna say this but i (laughs) but i told you about this podcast i listened to and i think i heard it on my favorite murder because they said something about Ah. it and it's called spooked and it's real people telling their stories of just like crazy scary stuff that's happened to them and it's so good but i just wish there were more episodes right and they and i also a lot of them are on they're not free you have to sign up to like luminary but but anyway it's still it's so like the stories and the people telling the stories mm-hmm. it's too good yeah yeah so, so it's the same thing but different yeah show. they produce the, correct yeah, yeah they produce this and so uh i'm it's they're like a, an npr affiliate or prx 
Oh, oh yeah, it, yeah. Puts okay. it out. Yes. Um, and so this episode that I'm listening to is called Thin Ice. Okay. And, and let me just back up. Originally, I was planning on doing Grizzly Man for this episode because I freaking love that story. Well, I, I love it and I hate it. Yeah, it's so wild. <sighs> so crazy. So, but then I heard this story and I was like, this is great. <laughs> I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about this story. Oh, so, I can't wait. But it's, On Thin Ice, is that what it's called? On Thin Ice. And so I'm, it's another cold I story. I don't know what's wrong with me that I just... Maybe I don't like to be cold, so I'm, you it, know, fascinated just, by cold, yeah. cold shit. Well, there was a cold story. Cold story. Sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a cold case. But no, there right. was a story I was going to do about coldness. Mm-hmm. And I decided not to. I'm going to wait a little while because of your cold stories. Well, damn it. But it's okay. I'll do it later because we have a lot of... We have a lot of ideas. Yeah. So as I'm listening to the story, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do the next episode on uh, nature photographers who die. Whoa. In the wild. That's crazy. You know, like while they're... And and so I did a little bit of like research on that, right? And there are Mm -hmm. these super sad stories about... So let me... I'm just going to... Well, don't give up too much if you're going to do it later. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I'm not going to do these later because it's like not enough. Oh. There's not enough of it would be just like a bunch of little stories. So I'm not gonna I at a time in my life was really into photography. Oh, my friend Ginger was and I'm gonna say her name because she got irritated that I didn't mention. So I guess in our first episode, I mentioned that some Peace Corps friends of mine that I visited in Ecuador. Oh, right. Yeah. But she's like, why you didn't say my name? She wrote me back. She finally listened to it. And I was like, fine. <laughs> so my friend Ginger and her husband, Alan, were the Peace Corps volunteers I know in those, Ecuador. I know those people. And I love them so much. And they're amazing. <laughs> and they listen to our first podcast. Better, they better listen to more. Yeah. So now they're going to have to listen. Now I gave her a shout out. So we were both zoology majors mm-hmm. in college. And we both ended up taking photography. And we're talking like black and white. Like, like yeah, there was a dark room. And we like produced made our own photos and it was like a whole thing i think we probably like soaked up so many chemicals that's so awesome yeah so (laughs) we were so into it and there was this like split second where i was like i could be a photographer i could do it i could do that i could be a wildlife but it's like a crazy life didn't she and you need a lot of patience for that and i have zero patience so didn't she do photography for a while Yes, I she kind is of remember a photographer. like a natural light photographer. Yes, yes, yes. And they were beautiful photos. Fern bird, fern bird photography. Yeah, so good. And she also sews and makes these adorable outfits, Those dresses, and dresses. Uh, upcycle dresses. Yes, upcycle yes. clothes. And she does a lot of cool stuff. She's very. Ginger, you're so cool. And we I also. Miss her so much. We also, all three of us, got our noses pierced together. I remember that. <laughs> long, many, many moons ago. So much fun. And I think Ginger's, who's, which one of, I think it was hers that like immediately like got, got infected. infected. <laughs> she yeah. had to take it out. <laughs> yeah. It was so sad. And it hurt so bad. I, I remember we were just like, that was the most pain I've ever, and none of us had had kids yet, but at yeah. that time, that was the most pain we'd ever suffered. <laughs> I, I remember that I went first. And I didn't make any noise. I was like, whatever happens, <laughs> Don't. I'm, I'm not going to freak out. And then I think Ginger went next. Yeah, I went last because I was scared. Yeah. And she was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you were so quiet. What? I thought it wasn't going to hurt. Yeah, she was in so much pain. That was painful. It was not pleasant. No, it wasn't. But 
And then we bought crazy big sunglasses at Ross. Oh, man. What a memory. Those were the days. Yeah. And we drank those margaritas that tasted like nail polish remover. They tasted like uh, ozone. <laughs> we were like, are, are you sure these are right? Like what? And they're like, oh, we'll get you some more. And they brought back more and it tasted the same. Still like nail polish remover. Yeah, but we were like, like, all right, whatever. Whatever. We just got our noses pierced and it hurts like hell. So whatever. If there's alcohol in it, I'll drink it. Yeah. I'm good to go. So yeah, I had this idea like I'm going to do stories on photographers who die, wildlife photographers who die on the job, right? Right. It's just like not a ton. So I'm going to, I'll like read a couple in 2016, September. They say this Italian tourist, but he was actually a wildlife photographer. Mm -hmm. He was taking a photo of some elephants at like a watering hole. Uh And I guess he was too close to the elephants or something. And the noise uh, freaked one of them out. And it came, charged him and trampled him to death. Yeah, those the bulls will charge Mm -hmm. and that's super scary. So that guy, Fernando uh, Mm Macola, he was 66. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And kind of sad injuries that he sustained were like so horrible that he didn't even make it to the hospital. Wow. There was uh, another situation, this, this very, I guess he's kind of famous. I was looking, he was a National Geographic photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, So interesting, National Geographic will do, like, whenever a photographer dies, Mm -hmm. uh, they'll do, like, a little tribute to them and people. Yeah, that's, I think that's kind of nice. Because sometimes I feel like photographers get, like... They don't get recognition. Yeah, they don't get a a lot of recognition. We just enjoy all their photos, but... Right. Right. But I think it, um, the people who are really into photography know all the photographers, yes. but the rest of everybody doesn't really You're pay like, oh, attention. That's a, that's a cool picture. Yeah. yeah. Next. Right. Yeah. This guy, Gary Brash, he died. Actually, there's a lot of deaths like this. Uh, he died snorkeling at the uh, Great Barrier Reef. Uh-huh. And it just says that uh, he was floating face down in the water and they couldn't resuscitate him. And it wasn't suspicious or anything. He just He just died. Nothing happened. He just drowned? I guess he just drowned. I don't know. What if he had a heart attack or something? It doesn't even say. It doesn't even say about that. But his son, it was really sweet, Cedar Brash. His son said, he was an amazing person who influenced so many people's lives, including my own. I'm so blessed to have had him as my dad. There's a bunch of articles. I mean, honestly, there's also another National Geographic photographer, a freelance photographer, Wes C. Skiles. And he also died while filming underwater in Florida. Yeah, and underwater stuff, I kind of get it. Yeah. But the stuff on land. That's kind of, those are a little bit scarier. There were these yeah. kind of like near misses. I found some stuff on people who, they have like the picture of the lion that's like coming towards them. Yes. <laughs> or you've seen the ones even underwater of a shark coming yes. towards. Yeah. Even Paul Nicklin. So I follow him on Instagram and he recently, I think, posted a picture of a shark just coming towards him. And it was like a tiger shark or something coming up and like bumping his camera and it was everything was cool he was cool but i was like dang that's crazy i you know and i remember growing up and being like i'm gonna be a wildlife photographer it'd be so neat to be like in the swamp and like eye to eye with a gator like that kind of stuff but then you see these these things that happen to people and you're like maybe not speaking of the elephant do you remember the story of the guy who the elephant sat on his head and like his head went in the elephant's ass and he died yeah do you remember that there's like videos of it and it's like you don't feel sorry for him because he was he was beating the elephant he was hitting it with a stick and maybe he slipped and fell underneath it and the elephant was like oh my god on him was like take that i feel like i would be that elephant 
That's, I'd be like, this is happening right now. That's freaking crazy. Yes. I had not ever heard <laughs> of that story. This is something that's really interesting. There used to be in Southeast, uh, South and Southeast Asia, there used to be execution by elephants where they would use an elephant to actually like crush, dismember, or torture people. That's crazy. It seems crazy insane. <laughs> Maybe that's a whole nother episode right there. That's a whole nother that I can already. Well, I'm not even gonna lie. Like the number of stories I found about elephants trampling people. I was considering doing an elephant episode today. We should do an elephant episode. We Let's should. just save all that. And we'll do a whole episode on it. But I, I like it. But in a lot of cases, I feel like the animal. Yeah, the elephants were completely. They're just being elephants. Yeah. And, and also just don't so fuck caring. with them. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, they they're really. They're like 17,000 tons. Well, Town they're tons? huge. They're 17,000 pounds. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're huge. They're really smart. They're going to protect each other and protect their family and, you know, take care of themselves. Because look at all the bad shit that happens to them. For real. I mean, it's just too much. I don't blame any... Look, this show is all about... We are all pro-animal because they're just doing what they need to do to survive. We're always the ones doing dumb shit. All right. So there's a little bit of a digression on those photographers. But back to how this relates to Women's Day. I'm going to talk about a woman photographer today. I'm going to talk about... Uh, what happened to her that kind of changed her perspective on how she takes um, photographs Mm -hmm. and how she kind of looks at the whole process. That is so cool. So it kind of really fits into the theme. It does. Wow. It does fit into it. We didn't plan that. Yeah. She grew. She she went out of her uh, comfort zone. It's like me on social media. (laughs) I'm growing and I'm getting out of my comfort zone. And you're doing such a good job. Uh, So, yeah, this story is going to take place in the Gulf of St. Lawrence. Jen, do you know where that is? Why don't you (laughs) fill me in? It's it's real far north. Of? Uh, The United States. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're really good at geography. Mm -hmm. All right. So the Gulf of St. Lawrence is a partially enclosed area of about 226 thousand square kilometers or 87,000 square miles and it is north of the Labrador Peninsula and Quebec okay so we're talking about Canada here okay Uh, to the east of it is St. Pierre and Newfoundland got it got it to the south is Nova Scotia oh yeah the peninsula and the Cape Breton Island oh yeah Cape Breton Island okay and to the west is Gasp Peninsula New Brunswick and Quebec so I'm listening to a podcast right now called Uncover Oh and they're God. giving they're doing a whole story about this serial killer in, in Nova Scotia. Yeah. And that was caught and another guy went to prison, went to prison for a long time for a murder that the serial killer committed and they he anyway, he's let out. But anyway, it's so good. And it's in Canada. Yeah, I I listened to quite a few Canadian podcasts. The Canadians I just, are... I just love them. Yeah. I love well they've really they're really good podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like Someone Knows Something is another one that's really good. But anyway, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I like it. And I like their little, you know, it's about this. It's fun. They're so cool. Continue. All right. So, yeah, this is happening in the Gulf of St. Lawrence. Got it. Canada. Uh, and then let me just tell you how deep this water is. On average, it's 152 meters or 499 feet. This story centers around the harp seal. Okay. That's our subject of the photographs. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you a little bit of background on harp seals because... Oh, we like nature here. We love seals, too. Who doesn't love seals? They're adorable. Well, not, you know. Maybe some not people... leopard seals. Those are scarier. I still love them. I love right. I love to watch them in nature. Yes. Not at home. Not at home. <laughs> not in my home. 
All right. So the harp seal, which is also called a saddleback seal or a Greenland seal. Okay. Pagophilus groenlandicus. Wow. That Latin really paid off. Oh, yeah. Did it? I don't know. I think I effed that up. Anyway, uh, it's native to the northernmost Atlantic Ocean and Arctic Ocean. Okay. And in Latin, Jen, its scientific name translates to ice lover from Greenland. Wow. I love that. This is like... Bumble have like a catch name or something. <laughs> I'm an ice lover from Greenland. It's just <laughs> yeah. like a picture of a seal. Like, that would be yeah. great. <laughs> uh, the mature harp seal has pure black eyes, which I always find like a little bit unnerving. That's not so cute. But right. But maybe on a seal, it's okay. Yeah. Well, the baby seals, they just look like they're super high all the time. They're just going to steal your soul at any minute. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they have silver gray fur covering their body with a black harp or wishbone shape marking on its dorsal side. So it's back. Okay. Right. We remember ventral, tummy. Yeah. We learned that way back. Yeah. And uh, dorsal on yeah. your back. But for all of you that didn't know those terms. Right. Well, we taught ventral in, in the snake episode. Yes. Yeah. The belly. The tummy. <laughs> Look at us. We're teachers. Um, <laughs> they can be 1.7 to 2 meters long. That's okay. That's 5 foot 7 to six foot seven. That's a lot of inches taller than me. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, and then they can weigh from 115 to 140 kilograms or 254 to 309 pounds. Wow, that's big. Hefty. That is. Yeah. I like them big. I like them plumping. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that from? <laughs> That's from Madagascar <laughs> Part 3. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. When the hippos go yeah. into the pools together. Oh, I like them chunky. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Oh, God, that was too much fun. All right. Um, so the pups have white coats. I'm sure everyone can think of just right now in your head a seal pup. Everybody Aww. knows what that looks like. So cute. I'm sure everybody from our age group definitely knows because there was a whole thing about, you know, stop the clubbing of seals. And you're just like, who the fuck does that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do they do that? It's so freaking crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. Which we'll talk about that in a second. Great. The the pups have the white coats and for about two to three weeks. Okay. And then they have their first molt. Then when they're adolescents, they have like a silver gray coat and it has some spots on it, like black spots. Okay. Yeah, I've seen Seen yeah. pictures. Yeah. And males are slightly larger than females. As usual. Yeah. And more decorated, of course. Per usual. Uh, and they have more defined harp markings. And a lot of times the females won't even have the harp mark on the back. Mm -hmm. They'll just have the spots. Right. Because. Because females. females. And, you know, because they have better personalities. That's right. They don't need all that. They don't need all that all fancy that business. Glitter. Yeah. Whatever. They don't need to show off. Harp seals are not super graceful on land, but they are amazing in the water. Right. They do twists and turns and all the things. Because that's where, yeah, because they have flippers and that's what yeah, they do. That's what they do. And that's how they get their food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, like penguins, right? Yeah. Like penguins waddle. Yeah. Look silly, but. Even like sea turtles, only the females come ashore mm -hmm. to lay eggs and it's not, you it's know. It's awkward it's, for them. It's awkward. It's a lot of work. But they got to lay them eggs. They got to do it. All right. They can dive between 20 and 500 meters. And thank you, Google. That's 65 feet. That's considered, quote, shallow diving. Right. Well, and for a seal, yeah. For a seal, yeah. Uh, and then uh, they dive like that on average 8.3 times an hour. And then from anywhere between 2 to 20 minutes a dive. So they're diving a lot. They just, they're just diving. That's All the what time. they do. They're, they're a seal. They're seals. Of course. So they're mainly insulated by blubber. A blubber. 
damage end. <laughs> <laughs> Everything except for their their flippers uh-huh. is uh, insulated with a lot of blubber. There's some blubber. <laughs> There's some blubber. I feel like I get that. Yeah. After you have kids. Everything but your fingers and toes yeah. are just, it's, you're insulated in a layer of blubber. All the time. <laughs> just blubbering it up. But yeah, and their flippers, they don't have a lot of insulation there. So they have these adaptations and circulation that help them prevent heat loss. So, oh, nice. And of course, Jen, the blubber also makes them streamlined for efficient swimming. See? We'd probably be amazing swimmers then. I think We'd be like saying. super streamlined. Definitely. That's what I think when I look in the mirror. I'm like, I'm so streamlined. Mm. So, yeah. so, so aerodynamic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen, are you ready? I'm ready. Here's the really fun fact. Oh, I love fun facts. Yeah, according to uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> uh, harp seals are, quote, promiscuous. Wow. Do it. <laughs> I'm like, <gasps> bound. <laughs> so want to do it. Uh, so they breed on what's called fast ice. It sounds like some sort of, like, drug. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Um, I think fast ice is the kind of ice that shows up and then goes away melts really quickly yes uh, so they breed on those these like temporary ice floats okay if you will, um, between mid-february and april and males will do these like which is around now is. they're getting the deed oh, done right now making tiny seals okay <laughs> so males do underwater performances and that made me think of uh, Wikiwachi in Florida. Did what? You Did, I always wanted to go, and I don't think we ever went. I but don't it's like, even know what you're talking about. It's like the place where they have women dress up like mermaids, and then you can go and watch them swim around underwater. Oh, weird. And they do like ballet stuff, and they all have like a little pipe, you know, that has mm-hmm. an oxygen thing. Yeah. And they somehow incorporate it into their dancing, so it looks like they're not really you know breathing through a pipe i've seen it on tv but i didn't know there was like a place that had a name where you go and you watch that wikiwachi florida i'm pretty sure i'm saying it wrong well i wouldn't know so to me it's right it's fun i would think it would be called like mermaid something not wikiwachi what is is there other stuff there wikiwachi i think it's named after a spring oh okay yeah it might be like a seminal name or something like that i'm, I'm not sure okay okay peoples of florida so anyway, uh, the males do the wiki-wachi deal underwater. They swim around and try they to be sexy. And they're super sexy. With So they make displays. They use bubbles. They mm-hmm. do a lot of vocalizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read someplace that it was like 19 different vocalizations during mating season. Wow. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot happening and there. And they do paw movements. To court the females. So they're like, they're hey, working girl. it. They're yeah. working so hard. Yeah. And the ladies just hang out on the ice watching them. And they're like, mm, no. I would kind of like that. I would like it if, I mean, when I were single, if I mm-hmm. were just like me and you and like some of our friends were just sitting there, we're like, yeah, we're doing Women's Day. I think you're describing and all these men march by and they're all like, dun, dun. <laughs> they're like different vocalizations <laughs> and dances. And we're like, Mm, not you, not you, not you. You are describing Chippendales. Male strippers make me insanely uncomfortable. <laughs> well. Like, I just can't even. I'm just like, please stop. Uh, so the ladies just hang out up on the ice and they watch everything that's going on. And they're like, Neh. they won't mate 
on the ice. They'll only mate in the water. So they got to get in the water. Oh, so they're like, come on, ladies, get in the water. Yeah, and the ladies are like, no, I'm good for now. They're like filing their nails. Yeah. They're like drinking their Starbucks. I would be going for the most blubbery if I were a seal. I'd be like, I want the one with the most blubber. I'm sorry, you're lacking in the blubber department. (laughs) I want to make sure my kids are warm. So seals spend actually most of their time in water. In Mm -hmm. fact, even lactating like nursing moms spend 80% of their time in the water and 20% of the time out of it kind of chilling out on that fast ice, the temporary ice. So they they nurse the young in the water? And on the ice, yeah. So both. That's pretty that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, they have a super small fecundity rate. Okay. They got they have one pup a year. Yeah. Uh, but there have been recorded instances of, of course, twins. Aww. Those kinds of things. Identical twins <laughs> or fraternal twins. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I my guess husband that's... is an identical twin. Oh, that's so right. It's just, you know. So cute. Yeah. Um, the fertilized egg grows into an embryo, which remains suspended in the womb for up to three months before it actually implants itself into the womb. Whoa, interesting. I know. I thought that was really interesting. And the reason that happens is they want, well, I guess the body or nature knows that they want to delay birth to make sure that there's enough ice that they can get up on to deliver their young. This is all making my climate change thoughts really sad right now. So we need some ice. Yeah, yes. Yes, they're all counting on ice out there. So when they give birth, when they climb up on this pack ice Mm -hmm. or ice pack or floating ice, whatever, uh, they give birth. It's super fast. Guess how how fast it is. Tell me how fast it is. 15 seconds. Wow. They're just like, and have a out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the noise they make too. (laughs) It's just a done deal. (laughs) That would be so great. Yeah. Well, we only humans were so lucky. Well, then you would have way more kids. Oh. If birth were not no, as difficult. No, because the raising part is what <laughs> yeah. makes you like, I'm going to tie those tubes. <laughs> I'm good. She's like screaming. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, yeah. And then after they give birth to these pups, mm-hmm. they feed only their pup. So they don't do any community feeding. So right after they give birth, they're feeding their pup. They do it for 12 days initially, like. They 12 day long nursing period where the mom doesn't leave the pup at all to go mm-hmm. feed. And they actually lose up to three kilograms or 6.6 pounds per day. Wow. Because all they're doing is like freaking nursing. Yes. Getting it to the well, baby. Well, they got to lose that baby weight though. Oh, yeah. That's one way to do it. <laughs> Get that baby blubber. Got to lose that the baby blubber. <laughs> they need that blubber. <laughs> And then, Jen, after this 12-day nursing period, Mm -hmm. the weaning that they do, it's like super abrupt. And then they go straight from nursing to promiscuous mating. (laughs) Again. Again. Wait, but I thought they only have one pup in a year. So, yeah, it's uh, there's seven and a half months of her being pregnant, plus that three months before it implanted into her womb. Wow, that's that's longer than it takes humans. Yeah, that's a long ass. Yeah, so pregnancy. first the the implantation part, mm-hmm. and then seven and a half months of pregnancy of pregnancy, and then the ice pack rolls around. She delivers the pup on the ice. She nurses the pup for twelve days. She loses the six point six pounds a day. Her pup gains a ton of weight, five pounds a day. Wow. Yeah. And then I was reading this thing about how there are milk stealers, like pups who will try to nurse from another mother. 
uh-huh. but they don't get enough nutrition and they end up dying. That's why every mother nurses her own pup. That's why you don't want to have a brother from another mother. True that. Because then they'll just kill your mom. Yeah. Or they'll kill you. Either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, but like when you think about it, 10 and a half months mm-hmm. of like pregnancy. Yeah. Right? And then... God. That's... <laughs> I, have, I think I'm starting to have a tear rolling down <laughs> the side of my face. I'm like... <laughs> Can you imagine... Nope. Imagine that last month. But if you think about it, for 12 days, if a pup is gaining, I don't know how much they weigh when they're born, but that's like 60 pounds. Yeah. That's fast. That's like... That's a lot of blubber. (laughs) That's a lot of blubber. That's like she pops out in 15 seconds, pops it out. It's like she's been like, oh my God, I've been pregnant for so long. Let get the fuck out. Almost 11 months. And then you just blast it out. (laughs) 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 It flies out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah you just like feed it a bunch you're like i can just drink i gotta go back out and mate yeah that would be like you sneezed and it flew out. <laughs> oh god oh There's man somewhere there yeah and then and then she just abruptly she's like all right we're done nursing i gave you all of my fat i gotta go get it on gotta bounce i gotta bounce There's look a- mama's gotta go to the bar <laughs> You're good. You're good. You're like 60 some pounds now. She's like putting on her mini dress. She's like, thanks. I can fit into this. I can fit into this again. She's like, thanks for losing all my baby weight. I'm looking so, so sexy. So svelte. So svelte. (laughs) She's like getting her lips, lips on. And she's like, I'm going. I'm going. Going to go watch the boys dance around for me. (laughs) Make all their mating calls. Exactly. When the mother is on ice to make sure she's feeding only her offspring, right? Right. She identifies her baby's, her baby. Right. Baby. Just the one. Her baby. Unless she had twins and then I don't know what happens to one of them. Tough. Um, She identifies them by smell. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also, I guess, say that that can warn, they have really good sense of smell. That can warn them of predators that are in the area. And then... I didn't know this, but it kind of makes sense. When they go underwater and dive, mm-hmm. they actually close their nostrils. Oh. And then they cannot smell anymore. Oh, okay. So I'm just imagining like seals. It just clamps shut. Just, it just clamps shut. Yes. Yeah. So how do they... So I guess they're just more... They can quickly maneuver around predators. I guess, yeah. They just use... They just can't smell them. Sight. You can only smell them when you're on the ice pack, I guess. Right. Out of, out of the water. Which is when they're more awkward. Yeah. So they would really need to have that. that. extra sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Good call. So, Jen, they also have whiskers called vibrissi. Mm, and those fancy. help them, I don't know, those help them with touch sense and respond to low frequency vibrations, which made me think of cats immediately. Even though I think people call seals water dogs. But, but the whiskers, come on. That is a cat thing. They are carnivores. They eat fish and invertebrates. They are talkers too. They like to hang out in groups. They're super social and they have like hierarchies within their colonies of seals. Okay. Like a um, caste system. Like a caste system. Yeah. There's just like some seals get the, you know, crappy Probably like ice. the bigger blubberier ones, I imagine, would be the, the high, higher up. Right. Pups call their moms, and this made me laugh, by yelling, which... Which we can hear our <laughs> children yelling. Right now. <laughs> They're just like, Mom! <laughs> mom <laughs> mom come on help me <laughs> yeah. um and the pups also mumble when they're playing with other pups oh that's cute like, like a puppy cute. yeah like a little puppy yes um adults growl and warble which i don't know what uh, is warbling like 
<laughs> That's like a turkey. That was really good. Thank you. Yeah. So they do that to warn off uh, predators and other like potential mates. They might oh, growl or they're like, like that's horrible. my lady. Blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I mentioned this before underwater when they're doing the sexy time. Yeah. Sexy recording time. and mating sexy mm-hmm. time. Uh, there's like 19 different kinds of sounds that they will make. Oh, yeah. Vocalizations. Oh, yeah. It's like a little seal porn. <laughs> right? Yeah. A uh, fun little note about when pups are, I, they call it abandonment. I mean, honestly, you know, when the mom goes to the bar in her dress and mm-hmm. the lipstick and she leaves the pup there, the pup is like, I'm not moving because I need to conserve all of my body fat. So it just like chills. It's like super sedentary. And that's how they get clubbed. Probably, yeah. Because they're just chilling out, being just, super cute. They're like, I can't go anywhere because I got to conserve all my friggin' fat. Yeah, and I'm so cute and I'm not going to move. And so yeah. they're easy targets. Uh, and sadly, about 30% of pups die within their first year just naturally. So that's oh. already 30%. So every year, the seals congregate to uh, molt and mm-hmm. then uh, pup and breeds, like have their pups, get it on. Mm-hmm. And then they migrate around summer to feeding grounds. Okay. Down south. They go and so they can get good and fat. Yeah. And then they live for about 30 years. They have a lifespan that can last 30 years if they don't get clubbed. Sure. Okay. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. I thought it would be longer for some reason, but but I guess that seems right for our mammal. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I wish our dogs could live to be 30 <sighs> or 50. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about seal hunting. Really? Do we have to? I'm sorry. It's Is it important. part of the story? It's not really part like, of this. It, it's not a part of the story that I'm going to tell about this photographer okay. and her interaction with the seals, but it is a story about the seals. It's in the seals. Yeah, life. I guess we have to. You have to. We have to talk about it. Okay, just do it. All right. So seal hunting still happens. Uh, it's from November 15th to May 15th. So there's an actual hunting season for seals. Okay. And there are recommendations. Um, I forget the organization that makes these recommendations, but these are the recommendations on how to kill them. The recommended way to kill seals has to be done in quote rapid succession. So it has to be done very quickly. Okay. That's the and is I'm this like the beating who's, part. Who's out there watching this happen to make sure I like what is rapid succession? You know what I mean? Right. So who's hunting the seals? Is this like a native folk for subsistence? Yeah. So there are native folks who do hunt. Mm-hmm. So there's like their traditional food source. Yeah. Uh, there's also people who hunt them for their furs. All right. So I'm going to tell you how they're going to do this, this rapid succession killing. And just a warning for our listeners. It's not pleasant. We're talking about these kind of adorable creatures. Just, Getting yeah. If you don't want to listen to this murdered. part, just skip ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, this is the way you kill them. Number one, you stun the seal on the head using tools such as a rifle or a club to immediately kill the animal or cause it to permanently lose consciousness. Mm. So you got to knock it the fuck out. Yeah. To ensure that step one was completed correctly and the skull is irreversibly damaged. Oh, I know. And then three, cut the auxiliary arteries along both armpits and cut along the belly to prevent blood from breaching the brain, confirming its death. Hunting seals... Like I said, it was super popular for furs. Uh, and then in some places, it, they're traditional food source. Mm-hmm. And then as of 2019, the current population is estimated to be 7.6 million. Oh, wow. Well, there's yeah. a lot. So there's a lot. Well, and you know, I mean, I am, no, I am not, you know, I'm not against hunting. No. You know, especially if it's not endangered or any, right. you know, and if people, and especially if it's for subsistence, 
living for, you know, people from the area. So I, you know, I'm not for people who are greedily, you know, just clubbing the hell out of them for their first and leaving. Yeah. And leaving. Yeah. And leaving it. I also agree with hunting is totally fine. It helps manage a balanced ecosystem in Mm -hmm. a lot of places. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about growing up in Georgia and the like freaking whitetail deer population just exploding. Well, yeah, because they don't have a lot of the natural predators were removed from those areas. Right. Well, Such as coyotes, and and when a population gets too big, mm-hmm. then they have you know they starve. Yes, they have horrible ways they get you know easily. They die from parasites, you know, starvation, mm-hmm. disease, whatever, and well, there's just and not enough. And also they destroy the habitat. Yeah, I was gonna say if we're gonna think about fisheries numbers, if there's an overabundance of seals, you're gonna have some issues with your fish. Right, right, right. And that's a part of the healthy ecosystem. So I am, I understand the thing that I think I have the biggest problem with is the method in which the seals are dying. And, and if you're killing seals that are babies. Yeah. So that's the part that I'm like, you know, even are they allowed to kill baby seals? Yes. What? So what are their natural predators? Well, there's definitely orcas and bears. Polar bears. Polar bears. Well, I'm just wondering if, you know, the population explodes because some of the natural predators aren't there anymore. Right. Yeah. I'm just wondering because in a lot of places or, you know, when they have been hunted for so long, when you know, when you send a population... It does become more healthy, mm-hmm. so the population will grow, and that kind of that's why the hunting is there and all that stuff. But yeah. but what are the baby seal furs used for? Well, Jen, they're used for uh, fashion products. Yuck! Like coats and garments. Isn't and that, like that? I feel like this is something that has been banned in most countries. Definitely the U.S. Like we're throwing red paint on people's furs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's enough people, like enough countries Mm -hmm. or people out there that are still buying them. I just feel like it's not a thing anymore. Yeah. So according to the Humane Society, there's also a market for seal oil. Mm -hmm. So that's for industrial purposes and also human consumption. Seal penises are sold in Asian markets as an aphrodisiac. They're always buying penises of stuff. What's like what? That? I don't know what what is with that. And it's especially, I mean, I guess seals aren't, you know, they're not endangered. Right. These seals. Yes. So I guess that's okay as long as it's legal and there's right. a legal import or export or whatever. But they're always going after like endangered species like their tusks and their... Yeah penises and whatnots it's like come on find a different medicine i mean just take some ibuprofen or something right i don't know like let's just stop that just drink some wine just drink some wine drink some wine i mean i get it if you have like ancient chinese like medicines that require these things but listen people there's you know when they're endangered let's just let's move on to something else also, the Humane Society points out that, like we were kind of talking about, the the seals are not killed for their meat. The most of the seals are not killed for their meat. Like the the non-traditional people's hunting for seals leave the carcasses behind. I just don't like it, man. I hate that. No, I hate it. And honestly, the like I said, the thing that I cannot stand about the way that they are killed is that, that method. It's That's, very brutal. It's super brutal. It seems like... There must be, if you're going to hunt seals, there must be a better way. Also, why are you hunting the babies? So so people can have a fancy ass jacket. 
Yeah. I think it makes it difficult for people like us who are like, we're okay with the hunting. Just yes. do it a better way, a humane way and do it sustainably. Do it. Yeah. Do it sustainably and, and use all the parts and all the meat. I mean, if you're gonna, mm-hmm. I know there's people there that that's, that's what they live on. Yes. They hunt. Yeah. We, I feel like, you know, we shouldn't go too far down this road because we don't know enough about it and we're not from yeah. there and all that. And we can only get our perspectives from well, all the, oh, things. the things we know or have seen, but it doesn't have yeah. a good feeling about it at all. No. And no one wants to see a cute little white floofy little baby seal get clubbed. Yeah. God, I just really thought that that stuff was all banned a long time well, ago. And, and 97% of the seals that are killed in mm-hmm. these hunts are under the age of three months old. Oh, I know. They're babies. They're little babies. Whatever. We don't know enough about it, but it doesn't feel right to be doing that anymore in this day and age. So there's got to be a better way. Just putting that out there. Um. All right. So... Are we getting to the story about the lady? We're finally getting to the story about the lady. <sighs> Are you so I happy? Feel, no, I'm really glad. I feel like I learned a lot about harp seals. There's a lot of things I didn't know, but I, I honestly didn't know. I didn't really want to talk about the the killing of them, but I yeah. didn't know that it was still, that those happening. things were still happening. I think because it was banned in the U.S. a long time ago. Yes. So, but in Canada, it's still, it's still, still happening and not, not, not saying anything back because I love Canada mm-hmm. and I love Canadians, but man, every culture and every place in this world has their things. It's not everybody agrees. Okay. So now we're going to talk about this thing that I listened to by Snap Judgment. Oh yeah. It is about Jennifer Hayes. What? She is a photographer and her partner, David Dubelay. They are both photographers, underwater photographers. Well, I automatically like her because her name is Jennifer, well, of, of course. course. Because I wonder, uh, I wonder if she, she goes by Jen. I don't know. She probably does. It's just in the thing. It always just. So there were some different articles that I read, but then most of this is coming from the snap judgment where she actually tells the story herself. And she did also write an article uh, or, or she was interviewed, rather, for an article for National Geographic because she's published photos in National Geographic and Time and, like, okay. all of the cool magazines. She sounds awesome. Yeah. She's super cool. She kind of describes herself in the Snap Judgment show as, like, a realist, mm-hmm. like a scientist, like someone who's just, like, I'm going in there, I'm taking pictures, I'm doing the thing, mm-hmm. and I'm getting out. You know, like, I'm worried about what's on that role a film what's on the digital you know like i'm looking at the the memory card i'm trying to see what photos were good like that's how she was before right like she's just yeah doing the thing it's like she's just getting from point a to point b getting the job done yeah that's it yeah yeah and her partner david uh, she says that he's much more artistic like he's like gets into the water and it's like the light is so beautiful right and it's all ethereal and he's like trying to magic. capture the yeah perfect moment and she's never really felt like she was that was like a thing for her so they actually spent two years in the gulf of saint lawrence up in canada doing this story for the may 2014 issue of national geographic called the generous gulf for about 10 days they worked with harp seals on the ice and under the ice Mm -hmm. uh, near magdalen island which is okay. kind of like a port that you go out to the Gulf okay. of Lawrence from. So Are they Canadian? Is she Canadian? Damn it, Jen. <laughs> Wait. Look, you have to do your research yeah, if you're going really s- to talk to me. sucks it up with her research today. I'm not sure if she is Canadian or she is American, but she grew up in a very cold area. I know 
there was like some mention of her growing up around the Great Lakes region. Okay. So she's like super familiar with cold and ice. Right. And stuff like that. I was just curious. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Man, do your research, Megan. God. Jeez. Oh. I swear I'm going to do better next time. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> Judging. They are living in New York. Okay. At the time. I'm pretty sure. This is like 2013, 2014. I'm not sure which season it is that this happened, but they were writing that article for National Geographic in 2014. So May 2014 is when it came out. Okay. So they were going on this journey for National Geographic. Correct. To write an article. Yes. Got it. And there was this biologist, Mario, up in Nova Scotia, and he had been studying harp seals. And he wanted her to come and take photographs. Okay. Like on the ice, under the ice, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The previous year, there had been no ice, so there were no photograph opportunities, right? Because if there's no ice, then there are no seals right. in that area. Okay. Because they cannot breed. They, they can't have, have to pups. have the ice. They have to have the ice. Right. It's very important. Part of the whole cycle. Yes. Anyway, he calls her up and he's like, I think this is in like January. He's like, hey, there's ice. So that means she has like this really small window of time to put together like everything. Mm -hmm. So her funding, all of her equipment, you know what it's like to work in a place where you got to put funding together. I do. And there's, there's just like so much red tape and mm -hmm. whatever. Somehow she gets it done. It's very stressful. Probably because she was working with National Geographic. So they're just like, whatever, here's the money. All the years I worked for National Geographic, <laughs> let me tell you, they just gave me so much you know, money. I will say that I did get to manage a grant once for National Geographic, not like for them, but like the institution that I was working for, they had a grant from National Geographic and it was so simple. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was really, it was super cool. Yeah, that's that's when you anyway. know you've made it. Yeah. Also, and I also just, for our listeners, I'm just kidding. I never worked with <laughs> National Geographic. I also got to manage a grant for like a NASA grant once. Wow. It was really, that also was really cool. That's anyway, pretty, it's pretty fancy. Super neat. Uh, anywho. <laughs> They got to get out there by February because that's like mating. That's when it starts. That's when yes. it starts. They got to get out there. Mm -hmm. So like we talked about, the pregnant females are going to be looking for the ice mm -hmm. to lay, have their 15 seconds. Blast out their bl pups. <laughs> blast out their pups. <laughs> and then it's only like a few weeks, you know, that the pups are going to take to learn how to swim. It's like two to three weeks, right? Until they learn how to swim and the moms abandon them after, so, the, after the nursing. And right. They shit. have that 12 days. Yeah, 12 days nursing, but and then are, it's like it, two to three weeks that they're learning how to swim before the moms... They bail. Bail. Go back to the bars. Yes. Promiscuous girl. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to cut that. <laughs> uh, they head out in February. Mm -hmm. That She got all of her stuff together. Freaking miracle. Right. Um, her partner, David, comes along. So I don't know if I mentioned this before, but David hates ice. He's like not into it. So not a fun trip for him. Not a fun trip for him. I'm with David. I could do without ice. For sure. But I would love to see seals. Maybe in like a container that's just really warm. <laughs> like, <laughs> but Jennifer, like I mentioned, she grew up in the cold area. Right. And she's like into it. She's yeah. like, this she's is my element. It. Yeah. Like eat it, David. She knew this was like her project, essentially. But it was cool that he came along to support her. Oh, yeah, for sure. See? That's, that's all about, that's the love right there. That's so nice. All about compromise. Okay. So. so they drive for two days from New York to Prince Edward Island. Mm -hmm. And they load everything up on a fishing boat. And there's the captain, that biologist Mario, mm -hmm. who called her up. There's like a small, a small crew who used to hunt harp seals. 
this crew. So they're like nowhere to look for them. Right. Well, those are always the best the people peoples. you can find when you're doing any kind of research. It's usually right? the people who hunt or, you know. Yeah, they can find those uh, game trails. Yeah, they know where <laughs> everything is. So they head into the Gulf looking for ice. So day one, they're out there on the water and it's just like open water, real calm. Like you could go, I think she says something like you could go uh, skiing on it, water skiing. Oh, I love water skiing. I've only tried kneeboarding once and it was the most horrible experience of my life. Oh. Because I got caught on the kneeboard and then I flipped over and I was like struggling. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds terrible. It was horrible. I grew up water skiing. So I say I love it, but I probably haven't done it since I was, you know, a teenager. Probably now. It's probably like riding a bike. I'm sure it'd just be super painful and I could do (laughs) it for like 30 seconds. I'd be like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. So yeah, the first day it's like just open water. They end up having some kind of helicopters. I forget mm-hmm. who it was helping them try to find this ice. They're trying to find it because it's going to melt at some mm-hmm. point. They want to get there before it melts so they can get these pictures mm-hmm. of these seals and whatever Mario was also doing, I'm assuming, research. <laughs> then it's like two days later, still there's like no ice. Jennifer's getting to this point where she's like stressing. She's starting to get real stressed she's out. Like, Damn you, climate change. Uh, she's like shaking her fist at the you know sky like where's the eyes so three days in there's like this funny part i don't know she talks about diet coke in the the radio show in the podcast right uh which kind of makes me laugh where she's just like i guess she drinks a lot of diet coke so she's like yeah three days in you know i'm like i'm like in my room and it's just like diet coke is there waking up drinking diet coke not sleeping diet coke is great but i don't know if it's that great (laughs) i've never drank a diet coke just, oh, well, yeah. You, I don't drink carbonated yeah, beverages right. because I hate them and I have since I was little. We, so I'm an odd yeah. person. We always talk about this and you always say that to me. And I'm always like, I know this, but it's like, I forget. Yeah. Talk to you about carbonation. Right. Anywho. Sunset on day three, they see what's called brash ice, which is like the beginning of an ice pack. And they're like, yeah. Bring it. Then finally, the boat slips into the ice pack and stops. I thought you were going to say the boat slips into the abyss. (laughs) (laughs) So the ice pack is better. Yeah, ice pack is better. Mm -hmm. Um, And they can actually see all of the pups, the little white fluffy pups on the ice. And there's like mothers and pups. And there's a lot of noise because like I mentioned before, they're talkers. Yeah, they're super loud. A lot of noise. To her, she describes the crying of the yelling if you will, of the baby pups, baby, like human baby sounds. So, and she says this thing about how she would be like, like that night, you know, the sunset, they see everything. She feels so much better. She's like way less stressed out and she goes to sleep. It's like she's waking up and drifting off to sleep. And so the sound, that sound keeps kind of seeping into her dreams. That's how she describes it. The baby's crying. The baby's crying. But it's somehow very comforting to her because they finally found them. Right. You know, so it's like, yay, we found them. I wonder if it's really stinky because it's out there. Because I was in, um, Mm -hmm. for my master's program, we went to South Africa Mm -hmm. and we went out on this boat and we were actually saw great whites, but there were like these areas, this area with all these brown fur seals. Oh, yeah. And when we got closer to it, it was like the waft of stench. (laughs) 
I was like, we're like, we're good. You don't need to go any closer. <laughs> I, you know what? They don't talk about it in here. And I am really wondering now because, you know, I always think about how cold weather. It's like you can never smell anything. In yeah. Cold that's why I'm just wondering because yeah. it wasn't cold. I mean, we were in South Africa. Right. It was, yeah. But still. I mean, the water was pretty cold, but it's, yeah. And it, it was, <laughs> yeah. I just remember that smell. Just poops. Poops and strong poops urine. <laughs> Seal urine. So, yeah. The next morning she wakes up. They check all the equipment. They load up all the equipment. It's like super crazy. All this, all the kind of cameras she has to bring in lenses Mm -hmm. and housing for the cameras because, you know, they're going to do like, they're going to be around water and they're going to do underwater shots. I don't think they do it on the first day, but, and she gets, she goes, walks out onto the ice. She describes it as, it looks like chocolate sprinkles on vanilla ice. That sounds delicious. (laughs) (laughs) So then she's just kind of like walking through just all of these pups they're like all these pups everywhere and she's just carefully because she's a wildlife photographer so she's not a dick right right she's like taking her time and one of the things she mentions is like you don't approach wildlife you let them come to you so she's just going real slow like crawling on the ground trying to be as low-key as possible yeah she's taking these pictures she sees you know mothers coming up to greet their pups and I love how she describes it, how it was like the mothers always like touch the noses. Hmm. Well, well, they smell them, right? Yeah, you're mine. they smell them. Yeah, exactly. You're mine. OK, that's good. I know. Like, you, you if know you're me. not mine, I'm moving on yeah. to the next one. Please. Uh, no nursing. Thank you. Yeah, I, I want to live. <laughs> um, she's taking pictures of nursing pups on the ice, which is super cool. Um, the next day is going to be an underwater day. Okay. So she gets prepped for that business, which I'm assuming you got to wear a lot of shit. Yeah, dry like suit, extra thick underwear. The thing about filming underwater that's super, and I never really thought about this because these ice packs or pack ice is not, um, I mean, it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. So it's like always moving. Right. right? right and right. she's going to go underneath it. And then pretty much anywhere she goes underneath, she's got to be kind of like paying attention to what's above her mm-hmm. or she's going to get trapped under the ice that is the most frightening thing thank you i was like good god yeah no yeah can we just send down a a bot with this and i could just you know take pictures with a friggin yeah that sounds frightening yeah that sounds horrible anyway she describes it as uh, when she goes under the water she describes it as like a cathedral of ice like there's all these different colors kind of like green blue white Mm -hmm. and the light is so beautiful like that kind of sounds amazing it does sound amazing but also frightening yeah kind of like church you go into a cathedral. Church is always like somewhat frightening. But beautiful. Yeah. Stained glass. Anyway. So one of the things that she and they play the sound on the the recording, which I'm going to link this recording so everyone can listen. It's just so good the way she tells it and and they have extra sounds in there. So but she's talking about all the different sounds that she hears underneath the water. And it's like amplified, right? Because it's underwater. And they use this hydrophone, which is just like an on, underwater mic mm-hmm. to pick up all these different sounds that the seals are making so does david do these dives with her yeah so okay. he's there also kind of i don't know if he's if he did the dive with her but i know there are other people going into the water it's not just her okay yeah so there's mario too which i'm assuming he's doing some kind of surveying but she doesn't mention it in the articles at all it's just mostly about her experience right um and she describes all of the sounds that so she's hearing like an underwater rainforest Oh, that's so cool. I know. Well, because the males are doing all their 
sexy Noises. talk. There's sexy talk. Like, yeah. hey, baby. What's up, girl? Look at my blubber. <laughs> um, all right. So she, the, then they're kind of coming to the, the end of the assignments, their last day. So I think it's like three days that they're doing this, the camera work. And she decides on this last day that she's not going to use her scuba gear. She's like, I'm just going to go in with a snorkel. So that she can kind of like find a seal mom and pup and stick with them, probably a pup, Mm -hmm. and stick with them kind of on the surface area and take pictures from like the water surface. Right, like surface shots of them learning to swim, probably. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, And actually, if you go to their website, uh, which I'll put up there, David and Jennifer's website, Mm -hmm. uh, they they have this whole section of pictures of like surface break. Like there's underwater, it's like half, half. Mm -hmm. So she finds a pup. He's looking for his mom. He's like on kind of the edge of the ice and he's like, mom, (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Crying. Mom, mom. Yeah. (laughs) So she takes a photo of him and then she realizes that the mom is behind her and she's like, oh shit, you know, and mom is like, not having it. Yeah. And she's a big girl. Yeah. She's a big girl. Yeah. She's a, she's a large lady. She's a large lady, much bigger than Jen. Much much bigger. So she kind of swims up to Jennifer's side and she greets her pup. She does like the nose to nose, smelly, smelly thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like pretty satisfied that's her pup. And she gets the pup off of that piece of ice. And so now Jennifer is like what she calls a comfortable distance away mm-hmm. from the mom and the pup. And now they're underwater. And this is kind of like a rare thing, I guess, to capture because usually the pups are like up on the ice. And, you know, Mm -hmm. even after they are weaned, they stay up there and just like chill out to get fatter. Right. Right. They They just like conserve their energy. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's she's taking pictures like a mad person. And the pup keeps kind of looking back at her like Mm -hmm. curious Mm because he's like all kids. They just stare at you when you walk by. Right. (laughs) They stare and they're like, hey, you're funny looking. Yeah. How many times? How many times do you have to tell your kids like stop it? Like, stop staring yeah, stop at those people. Oh, my god. Rude. So the pup keeps like looking at her and he's like, "Hey, I want to go over and check out that lady." And mm-hmm. the mom is like, "What's up, son? That's not happening." She's literally holding back her kid with her flipper. Like, "No." She's like, "Stop it. Stop it. God damn it. We're going to leave. We're going You're going to put you back on the ice. You're not going to get any fish." Right. <laughs> So, yeah, she's like, hold the pup back. And they swim for like a little while together. She's mm-hmm. taking pictures. This kind of keeps happening. And as they're swimming, the mom is like, okay, well, this lady seems cool. She hasn't tried to kill us or like bash our heads in or anything. Right. So. And then she kind of like lets the pup go over. Yeah. And the pup actually climbs up on Jennifer, like on her chest. Oh, so my She's God. like laying back in the water. There's this like frigging adorable but probably kind of heavy yeah like 50 60, <laughs> 60 pounds, pounds. <laughs> yeah a white pup just like chilling out oh like know. a big I would be like, dog i love you yeah <laughs> let's I stay together forever yes um so she describes herself as a human raft Aww, for this pup she's just kind of so like cute. he's just like chilling out and he actually ends up doing the nose to nose with <gasps> her i know oh i can't even handle it so the mom is kind of like watching this from the side mm-hmm. like a little bit like mm, okay okay everything seems okay yeah she seems safe she seems safe so the pup uh rolls off and he swims over to the mom and the mom just like uber checks him out like nose to nose nose to butt like swimming all around him like are you okay is everything okay like uh, you know mm-hmm. checking all the things and she's like all right 
okay, everything seems cool. You know, Jennifer's like taking a million pictures at this point. She's like, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden she feels like a nip on her left ankle. Uh-oh. And then she feels a nip on her right ankle. Oh. And she looks below her and there are like more than 20 male harp seals swimming really slowly around in a circle below her. Yikes. I know. I'm just like, shit your pants right now. She's like, Get the fuck I out of the water. don't want sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably they're like, are you a dude? You're like, that's our lady up there. Yeah. Yeah. Either that, they're or, like, you're still in our woman. Or they're like, sexy time, sexy time. Are you into it? Yeah. So the next thing she feels are claws. And then she hears this sound that's like fur against rubber. And it's actually the fur of the seal rubbing against her face mask. Oh, so that's um, real close. Yeah. That's so all up on you. A three to 400 pound male harp seal scrambles up the back of her dry suit. <gasps> that's how she describes it. Oh. It goes over her head and pushes her down. Oh, my God. Submerges her. And of course, she's only in the snorkel gear. Oh, my God. Um, she says she sees his flippers go by the front of the mask, and then her mask just flies off. Oh, God. It's like one of those scrambly moments because she's in seawater. You can't see shit. Right. Like you're disoriented. It's like this crazy thing is happening. Yes. There's like a lot of danger. She's like can kind of see her mask floating. There's like thousands of feet of water below her. Yes. Like, like fuck, you got to get your mask. And it's super so, cold. Yeah, it's super cold. So she somehow by some miracle with these like giant gloves on because she's mm -hmm. also in a dry suit gets the mask like good God. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, okay, I'm done. Right. <laughs> Come get me. Gets the mask. She gets it back on her face really quickly, clears it out. She sees the male that like scrambled over her, right? So she's kind of like at the surface. She sees him. He's looking at her and <laughs> they're just like staring at each other, you know, and he's like sizing her up. And she's like nervous, I'm sure. Yeah. She probably peed a little. <laughs> I mean, I would have. Oh, yeah. She's probably way cooler than me. So she probably she Oh, didn't. no. There's there's shit in my dry suit. Mm -hmm. For sure. There's some there's some poops in there. It's it's over. <laughs> <laughs> like, and now I'm getting murdered by a 300 pound seal. Goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> so then she feels this swell next to her, right? Just like this crazy, like swell of water coming from behind her next to her and it's the female who's just like coming down towards the male and just like fucking nails him like oh pommels God. him and there's this big flurry of bubbles wow. she says it's like bubbles and mucus and all the things you know and the mom the mom's just like beating the shit out of this male oh my god yeah She's just like going to town. And the pup is like, what the fuck? Comes over to Jennifer. He's <laughs> like, help me. He's like, he's like, oh my God, look at my mom. Like, probably he's like, look they're at our both, mom. They're both watching like, do you see what's happening right now? <laughs> oh my God, look at this. This is crazy. <laughs> like, just like this cute, in my mind, I'm like, that's kind of a cute moment. Yeah. Like this little like, pup is so like. So scary. But the pup is next to you. Yeah. And you're like, it's okay. <laughs> We're going to be okay. Basically, completely help. Both of you are completely helpless. Yeah. <laughs> so this mom beats the shit out of this male. The male's like, all right. He's like, peace out. Swims off. 
He's like, damn, girl. Fine, I'll go. <laughs> I was just trying to get some sexy time. Like, what's going on? Right? So the mom comes back up to them, swims back up to them really slowly, like cautiously, gets the pup smelling all over the pup again, double checking the butts and the nose and all the things. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, cool. And then she starts to push the pup back towards the ice. Like, all right, it's yeah, it's time. We're good. We had our adventure. We're going back home. It's like when you take your kids to the park and it's like something crazy happens at the park. You're like, all right, let's we're, we're going. leaving. We're leaving. Yeah. This is too much. You need a nap. I need a nap. Then so she's kind of pushing the pup, like nudging him with her flipper, with her nose. And then she kind of stops and she turns around and she swims back to Jennifer and she starts doing the exact same thing to her. Oh my god. Nudging her with her nose like from the back, like nudging her like with her flipper like, like let's go. You too. Let's go. You let's we're getting in the van. We're going. Let's go. Load up. <laughs> so So Jennifer's like, "Well, this is <laughs> all right." <laughs> weird uh and i'd have been cool with that i'd be like yeah let's go back to let's, the ice i'm done do it. let's do it help i have me, i need to change my suit right <laughs> <laughs> i need to wash this we need to throw this we need to burn it, just burn burn it. Suit. but jennifer kind of sees where she's heading and it's actually this opening of two pieces of ice that's way too small it's like not even four feet or something mm-hmm. and it's way too small for jennifer to go through and she knows that like if she were to go in there there's a possibility of those two pieces of ice coming together. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, I cannot go. So she kind of, she kind of like ducks out yeah. when the mom's not looking. And so the mom and the, and the pup swim underneath that kind of like icy area, go over to that ice. And so that's like kind of her last little bit of encounter with them. Aww. She goes over to another edge of ice to get up. She's like, putting her stuff i think in the national geographic article she says she's putting her stuff up on the ice Mm -hmm. and she gets up on the ice or like get going up to get onto the ice i'm not entirely sure if she's actually on the ice or if she's just like pushing herself up you know like when you get out of a pool Mm -hmm. and you're kind of like half in half out and all of a sudden a male seal comes up from underneath her and bites her quote square in the groin (gasps) i know that is not sexy time. <laughs> and then he starts to shake her. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. I like was... on the inner on inner vag. <laughs> in her vag. <laughs> oh my god. In her vag. Yeah. <laughs> Shakes her. And then he kind of lets go of the vag. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. She lives through this. I would just say obviously she told the story, so Yeah. <laughs> and then he he ends up biting her on the thigh. Oh my god! And it and she then says like she doesn't know what happens from that point until the point that she realizes that she's on the ice with all of her shit. So I'm assuming that she had some kind of weird blackout moment. Like there's so much trauma that happened in that moment, like so much or fear, fear, yeah, yeah, that she just like blacked it out and she That's... doesn't remember how she got up onto the ice. Because there's nothing more scary if you think about. I mean, it's not, it's, but every movie. And yes. even like when we were talking about crocodiles, yes, and that I watched Lake Placid and <laughs> and and then they like shark things. It's always like that scary moment where you're getting out of the water and something grabs your leg yes. or your veg, <laughs> your veg, <laughs> and then you're just like, that's not okay. Yeah. So she, I think, <laughs> I think I would black out too. Like I wouldn't want to know what happened. I'm glad that she got out, though. Yeah. Because she could have been... I mean, there are instances 
where seals have dragged leopard seals. I know at least of one. There was a, like a I, I think it was a Canadian biologist looking at leopard seals, and she either Canadian or German. Oh my god, I read this article a while ago, and she was drug under and drowned. Oh my god. Yeah. So was she injured from this? So yeah, so she gets up out of the water um, and she realized she stands up uh, and she realizes like she cannot really put weight on her leg. Like she can, but it's like, yeah, ouchy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm assuming her, her lady parts are yeah. not feeling so ladylike. No, not feeling so good. <laughs> she ends up getting back onto the boat. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure why she does this, but she says it in both articles that she is trying to not show that she's hurt. She's just kind of like getting on the boat, like like the boat actually pulled up next to where she was when she got up out of the ice. Yeah. And I, I guess she's not obviously bleeding or it's not coming out of her suit for them to see. So no one knows really that she was injured. And she's like, I don't really want to talk about it. She just gets onto the boat. She unloads all of her stuff. She goes into her bunk room. Because she's so professional and yes. so like trying to, she doesn't want to worry people. She probably just wants to get everybody going and not make a scene a big deal about it yeah, yeah i totally get that yeah well there's so many times in peace corps i would just like accidentally cut myself and then i would cover it with mud <laughs> yeah. because i didn't want anyone to tell me like, to stop i doing. don't want to make a scene right now don't worry about me i'm fine so yeah she she gets into her bunk and she gets undressed like takes off all of the stuff mm-hmm. probably washes out her underwear a little bit yeah right <laughs> and she's got a three inch gash Ooh. from the seal's teeth that's on her leg Ooh. Like the vag is okay. Thank God. She doesn't, yeah, or at least she doesn't talk about the vag. I don't know. But well. but luckily this gash is not super bad. Like she doesn't need stitches. She uses butterfly bandages. Well, I think her, you know, because obviously she's wearing pretty thick, a yeah. pretty thick uh, wetsuit. Yes. And I'm thinking even the crotch bite probably grabbed a lot of the, you know, suit. I'm sure it got her, but it probably got a lot of the wetsuit yeah. more so than her. Than the crotch. Yeah. yeah. And then also even her leg probably would have been a lot worse if she didn't have a thick suit on. Yeah. So yeah. that helped. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she uses butterfly stitches to kind of like stitch it up and that's fine. It ends up working. So then she's just kind of like sitting there processing everything. Just like, whoa, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like that was crazy. Then as she's sitting there and everyone's packing up the gear, the boat starts to get super rocky and there's like a, a storm coming in. They get noticed that there's a storm coming or like they see it, I assume, mm-hmm. one or the other. Anyway, so they kind of like hightail it back to Pr- Prince Edward Island. They say in this that like the captain of the boat wasn't even tying up the boat. He was like, fuck, we got to unload this boat and I need to get it to this other dock so I can make sure it's safe, like a right. safer they're harbor. They're just in a big hurry. Yeah, they're just in a huge, so they're like throwing equipment, so like equipment everywhere. Beat the storm. Yeah, and she's, you know, they're they're getting, she goes to find Mario to, you know, like check in with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he says that the Department of Fisheries and Oceans had alerted him to let him know that the ice, the pack ice that they were just at had broken apart. Mm. You know, like when I was listening to this, I was like, oh, that sucks. It broke apart. Like it didn't occur to me what he was saying to her. And she says it in there. She's like, she says to him, what, the seals are gone? And he says, yeah, the seals are gone. Like, and what he means is they're all dead. They oh, they all died. Oh, I just got goosebumps. I know. That makes me so sad. It's very sad. Yeah, because the pack ice, when it breaks apart... 
it doesn't just break apart and float away. It like it, sinks. It sinks and it actually like blends all the ice together. <gasps> so when when they die, they're being crushed by oh the ice. Oh my god. It's like this I was like sitting in my car like Bleh. Like she just took pictures of this mom and the pup. She had that experience and now they're just gone. So yeah, that storm had come through and just demolished the pack ice. And that year there was 100%, almost 100% mortality. Megan, why did you tell such a sad story? I'm sorry. cute, cute mama and the pup. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit teary eyed. That is so sad. It was, and she was really affected by that. I would have been too, because she had this like amazing encounter and saw like, you know, it's, it's something when you have an encounter like that with an animal that Mm -hmm. you see that they're just mothers too, and they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing, but they have this compassion. I mean, the, that he was, the mother was helping her and treating her like a pup. And it's like, you know, you, it just. That's so sad. This event that she lived through and was a part of, she says it, she says, quote, this has become a part of me almost on a molecular level because she had that experience. And, you know, she's very like, she says in this, like, uh, she's very like logical, very realistic. Mm -hmm. She could understand how the male would behave because he might see her as competition or like, another female or something Mm -hmm. right in the water and like that she understood the bite she understood kind of that aggressive behavior right but she couldn't understand the female treating her like a pup like that part was protecting her protecting her that was different right that part kind of like touched her in a different Mm way Mm -hmm. and so now um she talks about how when she goes to do any kind of project that instead of um kind of like, okay, we got to take these pictures, we got to get out this time, blah, 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 blah. She goes in and she really tries to make observations about what's there. And she actually takes moments to close her eyes, really be in the environment, Mm -hmm. and then start taking photographs. And it's like a whole nother level of appreciation. And she really wants to make a connection and have those experiences when she takes photographs. Because it's so unpredictable. She talks about how this this experience with these harp seals made her very aware of the unpredictability of their situation, of her situation. Like you don't know what's going to happen. She had this one moment with them that was just so beautiful. And then it was just gone completely. And then it was gone completely. And you can see pictures of these harp seals. She has them on the website and the National Geographic article, which we'll link. They're really wonderful. Yeah. So it just made such an impact on her, how she could connect Mm-hmm. In such a way that she tries to find that connection yeah. now every time she goes out to do work. Yeah. That is so, that's that's a really good story. Kind of the takeaway from this right now is that the trend towards ice mm-hmm. in these areas is thinning to weak. There's these pack ice, the pack ice is just not as good as it used to be. And actually they're calling 2020... Well, uh, a catastrophic year for harp seals. So even though we were talking about their numbers being pretty high, mm-hmm. I mean, it's as climate change makes these differences in our oceans, mm. and that that's going to be seen in these populations of harp seals. Maybe people should stop clubbing them. Because yeah, at some point, there's not going to be any ice for them. You know, they're going to... I imagine they're going to keep moving to areas 
where there's ice until there's no more ice and it's like where are you gonna have your babies it's very sad somebody asked me once when i was working with sea turtles mm. well if the islands where they nest go underwater because of sea level rise where are they gonna lay their eggs my answer was i don't know yeah. You tell me, where are they going to go? So that's it. I guess they're just going to drop their eggs in the water. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with, you know, polar bears and yeah. a lot of these Arctic animals. They're not going to have anywhere else to go. I went to Jennifer Hayes's Instagram. It's really good. We follow her. Of course we do. Everyone else should go follow her because her photographs are amazing. I bet. And just three days ago, she posted a picture of a harp seal. And I don't know if it's that harp, the pup that she was interacting with Mm -hmm. um it kind of looks like this i I mean they all kind of look the same but so the caption under that picture says the past few days pregnant harp seals are searching for solid sea ice to give birth on in the gulf of st lawrence that ice does not exist this year scientists say the current 2021 ice volume is at its lowest since record recording began in 1969 harp seals are an ice obligate species they must be born on ice The pups require stable ice for a few weeks to mature or they perish. A trend in rising temperatures has resulted in unstable sea ice nurseries that collapse before pups can survive, causing mass mortality. This picture of a mother and pup was photographed during a season of stable ice. I invite you to follow this incredible creature's life on thinning ice. But Megan. Yeah. Climate change doesn't exist. I know it's super fake. Right. That's so crazy. I know. Right. It's enough to make someone like me and you who are like pacifists become aggressive, become militant. Like, <laughs> And also, I like it. I love it when people are like, well, how can it be like global warming when it's like snowing this hard? Regardless of how sad this all is, it is an amazing story and about is. how you can go out and connect with nature and how she completely understood the behaviors. And I think in most cases, like the animals are always just doing what they're supposed to do. And they're always right. It's true. And she did her best to stay out of their way. But she had that encounter. And I'm sure she doesn't regret getting bit. Yeah, no. That experience. And the lady parts. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Malaita parts. Yeah, I, I'm sure that experience was, I, it obviously, it's like life-changing for her. Yeah. So cool. But yeah, you should go check out their website. It's so good. I will. Is that going to be your site, your support and donation site? There are two or three different sites. Uh, there's actually the Humane Society does some petitions and they uh, are working to change the way that harp seals are hunted because yeah, it's not humane. No, it doesn't no. sound humane at all. <laughs> no. Uh, I think about the way that like livestock are prepared for uh, butchering right. and that's more humane right. than, than this. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm going to post their stuff just to give some background on what they're doing uh and then the national wildlife federation also has a little program called adopt a harp seal and it's symbolic but you can make a donation to help protect it's america's wildlife but it is kind of like has a you get like a harp seal pup we're we're not a real one not not a real pup no i i don't want a real one i want to do that let's do it Okay, let's do it. We'll do okay. it. There's, yeah, there's three levels, $25, 35 and 50 With a 51 you get a calendar and a picture and a like certificate of adoption. Let's do it. For a harp seal. Okay. And you get a, and you get a, you get a stuffed harp seal. So we should totally do that. We'll be, we're going to both throw in 25 bucks for that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like 
right now. And also the greatest thing about, yes, yes. And the kind of the greatest thing about this is with every adoption kit the National Wildlife Federation gives out, Mm -hmm. uh, they plant one tree. What? Yeah, they partner with schools and local government and nonprofits and... All the trees from the, the the donations will be planted. They're planted in the United States and they're native, mm-hmm. and it's to protect and restore wild places that nurture wildlife. And I freaking love that. I love it too. Yeah, we're so in. Yes, like as soon as we're done recording, we're going to do that. It's happening. Yes, we'll post it on our our Twitters and our Instagrams. Yes, and we'll have a picture of our pup, yeah. not the real one. I wonder if they if they let us name it. I got a pup here. <laughs> He's, we have a he's pup clickety, he's clickety clacking over to Jen. Like, I just want you to pet me. Aww. We'll have to think of a name and then we'll get a picture when we get it and we'll post yeah. it. So Jen. Oh. <laughs> here comes the part where we talk about our emergency preparedness kit. Okay. We're looking for a kit that if you're going to go out and snorkel around some like male seals looking for sexy time. Yeah. And they start grabbing you in your lady parts. Yes. Which is highly um, uncalled for. <laughs> There's really no no need for that. There is no need for that. Come on. Then what would you have in your emergency preparedness kit? Yes. I'm thinking some chainmail panties. Chainmail panties. <laughs> or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, no, I got it. I get you. And I'm not talking like, you know, skimpy panties or G-string panties. Right. I'm talking some like granny panties <laughs> that... You know, that cover. Yeah, they could be some like briefy type panties. We need some sort of lady parts protection because when you're around some like some horny male seals. Chompy chompy. Chomping at your at your bits. <laughs> you need to you need to protect that. Definitely. At all times, protect the vag. <laughs> all times, protect the vag. <laughs> That's really good. Is it chain mail? It is chain mail. Uh, I just I just typed it in over here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me clicking. I think that some some divers that dive with sharks, don't they use chain mail? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's totally out there. It should it's be on the market. Chain mail underwear. You know what that kind of makes me think of is, you remember that Robin Hood parody, Men in Tights? Yes. And the lady, she had the chastity she had belt. The chastity belt that it had was the like, lock. The, the giant lock. I totally remember that. Oh, God. Yeah. Also, I think that, that was... That was a Mel Brooks that, thing. Well, yeah, I was going to say... It's very Mel Brooks. Because that was also in Spaceballs. Yes. Gotta love Mel Brooks. love Spaceballs. So there we go. Chainmail panties. Chainmail panties. Pack All them right. up. And I feel like they wouldn't take much room because they kind of well, like... And also, that's going to help you... You know, like you usually have to wear weights... You yeah, know, when you're like, whatever, mm-hmm. that's going to help you with your buoyancy, with your waiting. Yeah. When I go in the water, I'm super buoyant. Yeah. I just, <laughs> it's the blubber. It's a blubber. <laughs> it's my A-line figure. Yeah. And the blubbers. It just. <laughs> that's awesome. So. I like it. Chainmail panties. Chainmail panties it there is. There it is. Yep. Cool. We're going to have, you're going to have all the links. All the for links. For everything. We're going to, we're going to donate and we're going to have a baby seal a fake one. Yeah. That we're going to name something adorable as soon as we get it. I, I need to see its black eyes and lovingly staring, gaze into them and come into up with a name. Yeah. Yeah. So when we have that, we'll let you know. So thanks, Megan, for You're a welcome. super sad but very oh, good story. <laughs> My yeah. story next week is going to be bonkers. So just so you know. Make sure you do enough research. I am going. <laughs> I am researching the hell out of this. 
I was so, mostly enthralled by her story. I did, you know, the seals. You gotta learn more about seals. I learned, yeah, I think everybody should, you know, everybody should know about these things. And yeah. I feel like we, you know, maybe a lot of people don't know. So I honestly had no idea that seals. If you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> I honestly didn't know that seals uh, birth their pups on the ice, the pack ice. Like it has to be that. It has to be that. Yes. I didn't know that. So now we know. Sadly. All right. Well, then I guess make sure you go check out our website. You're going to die out there.com. Please check it out. Uh, email us. Uh, you're going to die out there at gmail.com. Check out our Instagram. And our Twitter. You're going to die 01. What, what? Because and I am all up on the Twitters. Please go like our last at least three tweets. I'm pretty sure Jen did them. Make her feel good. Please do go something because like if them. not, I'll never <laughs> tweet again as long as I live. And if you want to listen to us on any other things, the Spotify's, the Apple's. Apple, Google, Stitcher. Um, and make sure to subscribe, like, and review. Yes. Until next time. Don't die out there. Bye. Bye.